Hello, you're so welcome to I Quit Wine, the podcast. I'm Sarah, your host, and I'm so delighted to be recording this first episode. I've been working with people for nearly 30 years now as a natural health practitioner. I'm a a naturopath, I am a homeopath and a coach, and I am now bringing it all together to help you to have a much better life without alcohol, to stop overthinking your drinking and to know that you don't have to hit rock bottom to stop, that there's so much more there for you. On today's episode, I want to ask you a question and that's what do you really want when it comes to your drinking? I remember around 12 years ago when I first sort of started exploring whether I was really having a problem with alcohol or not. It was probably longer than 12 years. I think it was probably like closer to 15 years ago. And I had a friend and we often used to talk about if our drinking was problematic or not. We didn't seem to be drinking a whole lot more or less than a lot of our other friends, but it's still, we were concerned about it. She went to her doctor and spoke about it. And that doctor sent her off to a a therapist who specialised in all things addictions and she also went to AA for a while. And that specialist, that therapist sorry, said to her on the first visit, what do you desire? What would you like to get out of these sessions? And my friend said, I'd like to be able to drink two drinks twice a week. And the therapist just sort of nodded her head and just said, mm, that's quite unlikely to happen. And we spoke about it afterwards and I thought, like, that's exactly what I want too. I want to be able to do that. I'd like to have two glasses of wine on Friday night and two glasses of wine on Saturday night and be done with it for the week. So what's what's the big deal with that? And I actually went along to the same doctor. It was, my, it was my doctor's. She was my doctor as well and said a similar kind of thing. And so she wanted to send me to the same therapist, but I made a bit of an excuse because somebody I know works in the same clinic and and I never ended up going or doing anything about it. And, and my doctor said, well, maybe you don't have that much of a problem. And I did eventually go to a couple of other therapists along, along the way and one wanted to do this very long assessment over a period of many, many, many sessions so he could diagnose whether or not I was an alcoholic. And that term didn't sit very comfortably with me because like so many of us now, we don't relate to that stereotypical picture of, of an alcoholic the person that has, you know, serious, serious problems with alcohol. But we know we're also not the other end of the spectrum where we can just have occasionally have one drink and take it or leave it or just leave, you know, half a glass sitting there for the night and not be bothered about it. And this actually now has a term that's called grey area drinking and that's where so many of us sit. And once I realised what that was, it was kind of a big relief to realise like that it's, you don't have to be an extreme, have an extreme problem. And that's a lot of what this podcast is about, about not having to hit rock bottom to actually realise that not only is it possible to stop drinking, it's actually really ideal. Because the whole thing with moderation is that 
Well, I believe it's, it's actually much harder to moderate than to abstain. And that's because we just overthink it. We just continually think about drinking if we're having little bits all the time. And I loved listening to Gretchen Rubin, the author of The Happiness Project. I heard her on, a, on somebody else's podcast recently and she just said very matter-of-factly without any big emotional charge to it that pretty much everybody is either somebody who's moderate by nature or an all-or-nothing person. And she said herself was one of the all-or-nothing people. She said like she just couldn't understand somebody having one drink, one cookie, one square of chocolate. She goes, no, I don't do that. I either have it the whole lot, the whole packet, the whole bottle, or I'd rather have none at all. And she said, so much better for me to have none at all. So I just don't touch those things. And it's with a lot of us, we we really make such a big deal out of out of that, out of the having nothing. We have big stories in our head about how we're deprived because there's so many factors that go into it. There's all the community pressure, all the advertising, all the subliminal stuff, all the stuff that comes from the countries. I live in Ireland. I'm from Australia. I know it's similar in the UK and the US and Canada that the majority of people drink and it's on television all the time it's in social media all the time it's it's at usually a lot of sporting events and everywhere it's absolutely everywhere and we're getting the messages all the time that it's it's really cool to drink it's a real treat to drink it's you know something to be aspiring to to drink when you're celebrating when you're commiserating when it's hot when it's cold when no matter what's going on you must drink or you're you know, you're enticed to drink at those times. So I'll be talking about the the kind of the that real environmental pressure there over the course of this podcast, along with so many other things. So environment's one reason. Another one is, you know, social conditioning. Also another one is, is, is our hormones. I find with women that through different hormonal times, the... Um, the, it has such a huge effect on our desire for alcohol. So many women, when they're premenstrual, really crave alcohol, but then they feel so horrible when they have some. Same with menopause. I'm in the menopausal years now, and it's the same thing of that wanting more, wanting more things, more alcohol, more sugar, more everything, but it having a much bigger effect on our body, particularly the uh, the alcohol, because it's the same enzyme that deals with alcohol that deals with our hormones so our body just can't deal with it all can't break it all down together and that's why we feel can feel so terrible but then we crave it as well so I'm going to be talking about all those different factors the neuro the neurochemicals the feel-good neurotransmitters dopamine serotonin um, melatonin they all have a role to play in our brains craving certain things and so many so many people when they stop drinking alcohol then they start craving sugar and that that was a really big factor for me when uh, in the past I have been through sort of a lot of stopping and starting drinking and I stopped drinking around many many years ago for a year and 
then I did an event, I did a talk for um, a fundraising talk for my son and someone at the end of the night said, oh, have a glass of wine, you did an amazing job and I thought, one can't hurt, after a year I can certainly take it or leave it and I could I couldn't believe the effect it had on me. One glass of wine, I felt like a syringe had been put into every single cell of my body overnight and sucked out every bit of fluid from it. I don't think I've ever felt so dehydrated. And I thought, oh, that's ridiculous. But a couple of weeks later, I thought, oh, I'll just have, I'll make sure I drink plenty of water this time. I'll have another drink. And then a couple of weeks later, it was a couple more drinks, you know, how the story ends. And then around a year later, we were on holidays and a family holiday and about halfway through the holiday I realised I'd drunk, I thought we'd had, we'd eaten in that night, we'd had a barbecue and and I realised I'd drunk over, over a bottle of wine I felt terrible the next day and I thought, I just don't want to waste any more days, this is ridiculous and I stopped drinking, just like that, I just stopped and I stopped for two years and then we were going on another family holiday, a sailing holiday, and just in the plane on the way over, I thought, oh, you know, I really want to enjoy it so much with, without having some wine on deck at the end of a day sailing. And I can stop so easily now. It's no big deal. I'll just drink when I'm on holidays and I'll stop. It was so easy last time. And I did start again. And for the next two years after that, it was continually stopping and starting. I'd stop for two days, I'd stop for two months, I'd stop for two weeks, and then after two, well, it was always two days. I never sort of, I always had a rule not drinking on uh, Sundays, Mondays, and Tuesdays. <laughs> and uh, so it was, but there was these continual, I'll stop again, I'll stop again on Sunday, and I won't drink again anymore. And it just became, oh, it just became such a nightmare in my own head. And I, yeah, it just got, I got so weary from overthinking drinking. I started, I was reading all the books, listening to all the podcasts in different communities. I thought, why is it so hard for some of us? Why is it such a battle? And eventually I just thought, oh, I just can't do this to myself anymore. I know I'm fully functional, but that, that grey area drinking is, can be so challenging for a lot of us. And I started asking myself, what did I really, really want? And what I decided on was I didn't want that two drinks twice a week. What I really wanted is to have the most glorious life that doesn't contain alcohol and to really live a fully connected life, one with really deep connections, one with real friends, one where you wake up every single day feeling amazing with the most clear mind, with a body that feels so much healthier with uh, a life that is still going to have all the ups and downs of daily life, but one that is so much easier to cope with, to cope with the emotions, cope with everything that, that life throws at us. And I got really clear on what I seriously wanted, that I'd feel my feelings and not numb them out with a glass or three or five. And that I really, I didn't have to have a rock bottom. I didn't have to have that big story. I didn't have to collapse. I didn't have to be arrested for drinking and driving. I didn't have to, you know, have problems with 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 looking after my children or doing my work or, or I didn't have to have a marriage breakdown or anything like that. I just needed to decide. 
and decided yet I decided that I was going to have the most glorious alcohol-free life and I'm feeling very very blessed to be on that path and I haven't done it easily it's been a lot of ups and downs but it's uh it is once I finally made that decision it's really there's so much joy in that and to have the support that I need and to be here offering support to others feels like such a privilege so that's why I'm here that's why I'm here doing this I quit wine podcast and I had she had a blog called I quit wine many many years ago and I eventually took it down because I didn't feel in integrity because I had gone back to thinking I could moderate and like so many we realize the hard way usually after several years that it's so much more ease and joy and grace without that and I would love to hear from you I would love to hear what resonates with you about this story I'm going to be sharing so much more with you over the coming weeks and months and years of this podcast I'm going to be sharing expert guests I'm going to be sharing different stories and all sorts of tips and tools and all the things that I've learned over the years that have that have really helped me and helped my clients I'd love you to email me and let me know what's resonated with you my email address is IQW, standing for I Quit One, IQW with Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, at gmail.com. IQW with Sarah at gmail.com. I would love to hear what's your number one takeaway from this first episode. And if you do happen to want some support, if you want some coaching and nutritional health support to successfully have the most glorious alcohol-free life, well, just just let me know and I'll let you know how it works. And I can't wait to be back to you very soon with the next episode of I Quit Wine. Thanks for being here. Bye for now.